Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our and from our and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So it's another Sunday where when we read the gospel text, it's more of what we shall do rather than what it's what has been done for us, which is always a fun thing for pastors to try to figure out how to preach. Because most of the time, pastors don't want to be the guy to tell you all kinds of things to do. Uh, But oftentimes in the world we live in, we kind of need to be told what to do. And one of those things that we're told to do by Christ himself is, don't be anxious about your life. right? What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is, life, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? It's very interesting. I, I, I was reading this and trying to figure out how am I going to tell people to just relax. Relax. Be content. Don't worry. Without, you know, how am I supposed to say that without some people saying, well, pastor just wants us to do nothing at all, ever. We're just supposed to sit back and just let things happen to us. I think... Uh, Some people criticized Luther at one point in time for talking about good works in the way that they should be talked about, that they proceed from faith, not that they merit salvation, right? And people thought, well, if that's the case, maybe you should just wait for a roasted chicken to just fly into your mouth every time you'd like to eat, right? So basically, the people who were against him said, you wouldn't do anything. Because you're just supposed to be content, right? Everything is done for you in Jesus, so therefore you just kind of sit around and let other people take care of you, right? No, that's not how it works. We still have to get up. We still have to cook and clean and go to work, and we still have to pay the bills and do all these things to make ends meet. But it's very interesting because I can tell you what Jesus says is don't be anxious about your life. Don't be anxious about your body. It's very interesting that he says, don't be anxious about certain things. Jesus never says, don't be anxious at all. Interesting, right? Jesus never says, don't be anxious at all. Because when you look at the Greek, the word The word that's used there is the word that means to be, um, let me see if I can find my notes here. It's the word that means to be, uh, excuse me, to care for something, to be, to, to care for something, to have a care for something else or someone else to be eager for something. That's what it means in the fullest context of that. And so when he says don't have a care for your life in the sense that what you will eat or what you will drink, don't have a care about your body, what you will put on, because it's not a matter of if you have something to put on, it's that you have so many things to put on. It's not a matter of Do you have something to eat? But it's that you have so much to eat, you don't know what to choose from. We have how many restaurants here in Fredericksburg, and afterwards everybody's thinking, where do you want to go eat? And I I just, I just love being the guy going, it doesn't matter. 
I'll be happy wherever we go, right? The thing is, is that Jesus wants us to have a care for certain things. He wants us to be eager for certain things. But not for the things of this flesh, this life. Whenever anybody says to me, you know, or whenever I hear somebody say, and I don't hear people saying it to me very often, so I tell y'all, if anybody tells you, I've got faith, always ask them the clarifying question, what's your faith in? What do you, faith in what, right? In the same way, the anxiety that Jesus talks about needs something to hold on to. Someone says, oh, I have a problem with anxiety. I'm anxious all the time. Maybe help them out and say, what are you anxious about? What is it that you're holding on to? What is it that you have a care for? What is it that you are struggling with that's causing you such grief? Because anxiety within and of itself is not necessarily a bad thing, but what it's holding on to makes a difference. So if you're holding on to the things of this world, the things of the flesh, and not the things of the spirit, then yeah, your anxiety is in the wrong place. Because I got to tell you, as a father and a husband, I have anxiety. <laughs> I have anxiety for my wife and my kids. And I specifically have an anxiety for my children that they will grow up in the faith, and we do all that we can to make sure that that happens. I, and I was told by my professor at the seminary when I was taught to preach, he made us swear an oath. Never, ever, no, not ever, not even once, say anything about your family from the pulpit that isn't glowing. But I will say this. The last couple days I spent alone with my daughter Charlotte, uh, because, um, because my wife was off at a pastor's wife's um, retreat, and uh, it was a delight being with my daughter the whole time. <clears throat> and last night, we sat down before we went to bed, and we sang Compline together. And Compline is like a little prayer office at the end of the day. And she sang all of it. I, it blew me away. And that made my anxiety reduce just a little bit less. Not enough, though, to say, all right, don't have to do Compline anymore. She knows it. You know, she sings hymns at home, and that's not enough for me to say, all right, she knows those hymns. We won't teach her anymore. We won't reinforce these things. No, my anxiety, my care for my my children will always drive me to do what needs to be done for them to do as the Proverbs say and raise them up and train them in the way that they should go so that when they are old, they will not depart from it, right? Knowing that I'm not doing it by myself. That's the key thing. I'm not doing it by myself. And I'm not just talking about Amelia here. I'm talking about God. God is doing the work with us. God blesses faithful work that is done according to his will. Psalm 127 is, is one of my favorite psalms, and it talks about how things are done in vain if they are not done with God's help. 
that unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it, that unless the Lord guards the the that unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to 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 rise up early, to stay up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. That for those who trust in God, we understand that to be anxious about this life is just kind of silly. It's silly because while we are called to do good works in faith, we know that we don't do them by ourselves. And if we know who we are before God for the sake of Christ, we know that he will take care of us. I love how Jesus talks about the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. Those things that are created. Those things that God takes care of. And if he takes care of those small things, how much more will he take care of you? To put it a different way, birds are very good at being birds. They do their thing. Flowers are very good at being flowers. They do their thing and they trust God to take care of them. Humans are very bad at being humans in the way that God intended them. We are very bad at being what God made us to be. Think about it. God made us the height of his creation. We are made in the image of God. He gives us all that we need. And yet, what do we want? More of what we would like to see. And not necessarily what God would like to see. We are not very good at being God's creation of mankind. Not in the way that he meant for us to be. So, consider the flowers of the field and the birds of the air. Notice how they trust in God. And so also you should trust him as well. Knowing that whatever you do in faith, whatever you do with God's help, should bring you contentment. That God is the one who works by your side. Because we see here that our anxieties, even the ones that are spiritual, can get out of hand, right? That Jesus even says, uh, Jesus even says uh, that um, why are you anxious? Why and sorry, I've got all these notes on my paper here. <laughs> um, he says, and why are you anxious uh, that they will not add one hour to their life? Right? That even my anxiety for my children and for my wife and for the church, right? That those things should drive me to prayer. Those, those things should drive me to seek God's help in the midst of things that I cannot do on my own. Um, and so it goes for all of us, that we trust in God, we have our anxieties, not get the better of us, but lead us to prayer and to commune with God in prayer, to come to church, to hear God's word and remind us of what he has done for us, that our anxieties oftentimes are misplaced. That our 
the anxieties that we typically have for things really most of the time have to do with luxuries and not really the things that we need. Again, Jesus is saying, why are you worried about the things that you'll wear? You've got so much stuff in the closet. Why are you worried about the food that's going to be on your table? Look at your pantry, right? Pick one thing and it'll be enough. No, what Jesus is telling us is that the anxieties that we have typically come from trying to maximize pleasure and, and, and minimize pain or resistance, as it were. For we are called to, to mortify the flesh. We are called to deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow Christ. That's hard to do. And oftentimes, the, the pain that comes from the resistance that we should have comes from all kinds of things like relationships. When we should resist someone in what they are doing, and yet we go along, we just kind of don't say something when people are doing things they shouldn't do. Because it would be easier not to resist, right? That is a, that is a, a comfort that we seek with our family and friends sometimes. It also has to do with our possessions, the mammon that's in our lives. And honestly, I, I think that that's an unfortunate translation that you cannot serve both God and mummy and, 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 and money. It's supposed to be mammon. Mammon is possessions. It is all the things that we own. It's not just a dollar bill. It is all the things that we own, our property, our clothing, our food. You cannot serve both of those things. The anxiety that plagues a lot of people today is something that we as Christians are not immune to. We have these struggles as well. So what do we do? Right? How can we live as God's people, faithful to his promises and to his will? And Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God. What does that mean? You've heard it a lot, I'm sure, but what does it mean? What is the kingdom of God? Maybe that's not the best question. The better question is, who is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is found, friends, in Jesus Christ himself. Seek first Christ and his grace, his righteousness, his goodness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first Christ who has denied himself for your sake. Seek first Christ who put the anxieties that he had for the world on his own shoulders and carried them to his cross. Seek first Christ who seeks you, and desires you to be his own. Seek first Christ and his, 
his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you, including your children staying in the faith, including your family being at peace, including the church doing well because it's being his church. So anxiety is not necessarily the bad guy here. We are. We are the ones who do not put forth Christ first most of the time. We are the ones who are bad at being people that God created. And so we seek first God's kingdom found in Christ with the help of God. Because unless the Lord builds, unless the Lord builds the house, the ones who build it labor in vain. God builds our houses. God keeps us straight. God takes care of us. And ultimately, he has clothed us. He has, he continues to feed us. He clothes us in the righteousness of Christ in holy baptism. And he continually does so the more that we keep this in mind. So that whenever Satan comes after us and tries to expose us, we remind ourselves, no, Christ has clothed me. I don't need to worry about that. As far as what we are to eat, when you come to church, it's not, about a, it's not a matter of the variety of what to eat, but what you are eating in the body and blood of Christ. Christ feeds us his own body and his blood at his own, at his own table. So therefore, what are we concerned about? We are clothed, we are fed, we are cared for because we are God's chosen children. And may this grant you peace. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.